Saving money on exterior wall lights. Now at Menards. Find your style with Patriot Lighting. Exterior lights enhance the look of your home. Choose from over 50 options from Patriot Lighting. Now through May 19th, get $10 instant savings on a single qualifying purchase of $100 or more on in-stock outdoor wall lights. Check out our entire selection of outdoor lights and see the rest of our deals happening now on Menards.com. Save big money at Menards. Introducing Venture X, Capital One's new travel card for people always asking, Where next? You earn 10x miles on hotels and rental cars and 5x miles on flights booked through Capital One Travel and 2x miles on everything else you buy with Venture X. Plus, receive premium travel benefits like access to over 1,300 airport lounges. The Venture X card from Capital One. What's in your wallet? Terms apply. See CapitalOne.com for details. Hey, this is Linda Cohn from ESPN, and you're listening to the ML Sports Platter. The ML Sports Platter back with you all over the major platforms. Google, Spotify, Apple, Stitcher, and Deezer. Download, subscribe, leave feedback, and a five-star review. If you're confused on how to get podcasts, how to download and subscribe to them, just find that podcast icon. For example, the Apple phone that you have, if that's what you own, that purple podcast button. You find that, and then you hit search, and then you type in ML Sports Platter, subscribe, download, leave feedback, and a five-star review. It's super easy, and then episodes get delivered to your phone, literally, like pieces of mail. The ML Sports Platter is under the umbrella of the Brawl Network. Make sure you follow me on Twitter, at Mike L Sports and at Network Brawl, as well as find all the other shows uh, as a part of the Brawl Network as well. We are presented by Brian Conboy of Mass Mutual New York State Tax-Efficient Retirement Planning, available today. Brian has clients throughout the country. Advisors.massmutual.com. Advisors.massmutual.com. Find your financial future today with Brian Conboy. We went with him. We're super happy that we did. A big tip of the cap. Thank you as well to our great, great friends over at the Al and Angus Pub, Camillus Golf Club, Ken's Auto Detailing, and Stanley Law Offices. Log on to stanleylawoffices.com. You can get a free consultation. It's always personal with Stanley Law Offices. Log on to stanleylawoffices.com. Personal injury, workplace injury, social security disability, you name it. Go check out the resources. What's your case worth? Go find out. stanleylawoffices.com, stanleylawoffices.com. Super excited to bring on to the program. He is an Auburn football great. What a career he had playing for the Tigers. He played in the NFL with the Bengals, Browns, Bears, and uh, and Raiders, and now the Washington football team, of course, as well. He was picked 25th overall in the first round in 2005, a Sugar Bowl MVP and SEC Offensive Player of the Year in 2004, uh, a, a true hybrid player at Auburn. It is Jason Campbell. Jason, welcome in here to the ML Sports Platter, man. How are you? Hey, I'm doing good. I can't complain, Michael. Uh, it's a great day in the South. It's sunny, so uh, after a few rainy days, you know, it, it feels great to be outside. Well, you take those all day long. Trust me, I've been up in the upper Northeast for the majority of my Life, and uh, I'm getting ready to maybe have some sun here myself in, in the next couple of months. Um, let's get into a little bit on your playing days and, and kind of the game today. First things first, 
What is it like to run out on the field on Iron Bowl Day? tell you what i tell everybody if you have a bucket list and uh it contains college football and, and want to get out and see some really good games i say you can't you can't miss the iron Bowl. i gotta go so, i want to go so bad jason yeah you gotta go like it's, it's just different like i tell people i say i played in you know skins cowboys games i played in raiders chiefs games i played in uh you know a lot of big auburn lsu games and, and things but that iron bowl is just for whatever reason like the week of the game i guess because alabama has no no NFL team. So Auburn and Alabama are like the NFL teams in that state. So if you do well in that game, you're recognizable for a shoot for the next 50 years, you know? So it's just, it's just one of those games, man, that uh, it is really physical, but at the end of the day, it's all about just, you know, you want to earn respect of your opponent and, uh, and the other team across the, uh, across the state. So, it, it's it's fascinating. It's interesting to me. You know, you always debate Ohio State, Michigan, Army, Navy still, I think, gets a place in college football lore in terms of the rivalry currently. I know it's more of a traditional rivalry, but it's huge still, Army, Navy. There's other major, major rivalries. Auburn, Alabama, of course, is, is in this group. Florida, Florida State. Back in the day, Florida State, Miami. Florida State, Notre Dame. Is Auburn, Alabama not just the best rivalry in college football, but I've heard that it's the best rivalry, and you alluded to some of the games in the NFL, but across sports, period. I mean, baseball, football, basketball. Seems to me a lot of people think Auburn, Alabama is at, you know better than Duke, Carolina. Do you think it's number one? I know you can, you, you can be a little biased here, but I, I've been told this by people who haven't played at Auburn or Alabama. Jason? Right, and that's the thing, like not being biased because I played at Auburn or I've had the opportunity, a few have had the chance to do is play in that game. And I tell you, the reason it is so big, Michael, is the fact that Auburn is the only school that has beat Alabama more than Alabama has beat Auburn in, uh, during this last 20 years. You know, we, we, we have a up, we have like one up on them. So every other school can't say that, that Alabama has played. Alabama has pretty much beat them way more than any other school in the SEC have, have beat them in the last 20 years. So that's what makes the rivalry so strong is the fact that you really don't know who's going to win these games year in and year out. Like Alabama has been ranked number one over the last few years. And you see who's the team to knock them off at the end of the year. It's been Auburn, you know, and then when Auburn is highly ranked, it's that game you got to get through. You got to make sure because Alabama want to knock you off. So it's always that competition of, being knocked, the, most of the times that game comes down to determine who goes to the SEC championship, and nowadays who who gets to play in the playoffs. Uh, back when I was in, in playing college ball, BCS was huge, so you had to win that game if you want to consider being an opportunity to play in the BCS championship. So, you know, it's, it's just one of those rivalry the calls. It's not so one sided. That's the difference between all the others. What do you like better? Do you like today with the playoff of the four teams, or do you like it back during the BCS days? I still like the playoffs better, and the reason why is because more teams get an opportunity. You got to think back in '04, we went undefeated. It yeah. was us, Oklahoma, USC, and Utah, and okay. uh, you know Urban Meyer and Alex Smith was at Utah, but you know it'd have been nice to have all four teams that was undefeated having a chance to play for a playoff, and in that way you don't leave out someone because how can you leave out an undefeated SEC team? You know, like us, who was pretty much powered on both sides of the ball, 
and uh, not play in a national championship game was just, you know, absurd, especially after that year, SEC went on to win seven straight national championships. Mm. So, you know, it just goes to show you the high strength of our conference, not knocking other conference, but our strength of schedule was way harder than Oklahoma and USC that year. And we was able to go to undefeated and, and make it to and, and play in the Sugar Bowl against a Virginia Tech team, top 10 Virginia Tech team, who almost docked off USC earlier that year if it wasn't for a late second uh, victory. So, you know, that, that kind of, I think our year is the reason they start to talk about the, the playoff system and, and start to bring it up. And seven years later, you know, they was able to sign off on it. I still think nowadays uh, with conferences getting a chance to recruit differently, and they've changed the recruiting scale that it should probably go to the six to eighteen playoff, and uh, with the top two teams getting a bye, and uh, just because of the simple fact there are some really good teams out there in some really solid conferences that's not getting the opportunity to, to play. So you come out of Mississippi, Taylorsville High School, right? And so you're, you know, as you're going on with your great high school career, you decide to go to Auburn. Why Auburn? Yeah, I came down between LSU, Auburn, and Georgia. Um, my brother went to Mississippi State, uh, so I had already been on campus there many times. And, yeah, you know, I, I remember taking Auburn, visiting Auburn. I was a sophomore in high school. Uh, they used to have the, the Bowden Academy, which used to be a quarterback camp. And I used to go to it each year, my sophomore and junior year. And then uh, so I, I got affiliated with the campus a little bit. And, uh, and LSU wasn't too far from home, and I was really close with the LSU coaches at the time as well. But and Georgia was just further away, so it, it made more sense for me to pick between Auburn and LSU, and it came down to me having a relationship at the time with Coach Tuberville more than I had a relationship with Coach Saban. Coach so Saban had just got the job, and uh, he was trying to keep me on as one of their top signees. And, uh, and I told him, I said, no offense, I said, I just don't have a relationship with you like that. Mm. Uh, you know, with you coming from Michigan State, yeah, yes, y'all was recruiting me, but I, I was—I had already told teams I want to stay in the SEC, so most teams kind of backed off. So that, that came down to making a decision for me, and it just felt like Auburn was home for me. When I, when I visited, it felt different, and, it, and uh, it was that family atmosphere. You know, people say it all the time, but it truly is a family atmosphere when you go there. Jason Campbell with us, Auburn football, great, played in the NFL for, for quite a while as well, 2005 through 14. Uh, Bengals, Browns, Bears, Raiders, Redskins here on the ML Sports Platter. I I know you're an Auburn guy and you'll always hate Alabama, as you should. Uh, It's just how rivalries go. But as a football guy, you got to look at Nick Saban and go, wow, right? I mean, you do that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, out of respect. You know, like I said, at the end of the day, you can have all the rivalries you want. But a true competitor is going to always show respect to his other competitor. You know, And, and the thing is, like, what Saban has done, you know, like the other thing, he, he's broken Bear Bryant's record. You know, like that's that's crazy. You know, he's up there with the all-time greats. <laughs> and uh, and to keep doing it, my thing about Saban is he doesn't get stubborn enough to where he's not willing to change. Like he adapts his system to what's going on nowadays, right. where a lot of guys say, I'm just going to stick to what I know and what I do. And it's, your, it's my way or the highway. Well, he's not that guy. Like he said, you come into his place. You're going to do what he tell you to do, but his system is going to be fitted into the today's football. And uh, the things when I played against my LSU, you know, his defense was always tough. And then all of a sudden, you know, he comes back and, and his offense and everything. He's Ever since I've known him as a coach, he's always let his offensive coordinator dictate to what's going on now in, in, in football. And I think that's the, that's the key to winning. And that's the 
the key to anything is the fact that you're willing to adapt and change where and I think that what sets him apart. You know, like you think Alabama back in the day was all downhill, three clouds in the dust, you know, pound your head in, we're gonna run the football fifty, forty times, forty, fifty times a game. Where now it's the opposite. <laughs> you know, they're they got receivers spread all over the field and top star receivers and they're throwing the ball up and down the field. So, <laughs> you know, his his willingness to adapt is what's keeping him on top. No doubt. Do you remember a game against Louisiana Tech, how far that pass was that you threw? Yeah, yeah, it was an 87-yarder. Unbelievable, uh, man. Yeah, it's the Silas Daniels. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I, I kind of remember all my long passes. Yeah. Uh, you know, even in the pros in uh, 2008, you know, we were playing against the Saints, and I remember hitting a 67-yarder bomb to Santana Moss. Oh, I remember game, that and, one, yeah. Yeah, yeah then, you yeah. know, and, and, so I remember a lot of a lot of plays that uh, those really those really really big throws. Do you consider yourself? I know that McNair and McNabb and Randall Cunningham and several other you know true hybrid quarterbacks had already played college football pre Jason Campbell at Auburn days. But as far as the more modern era of hybrid college uh, spreading it out, ten personnel, read options, the college book you know leaking into the pro book. Uh, the Kyler Murrays and the Wilsons and the Mahomeses, uh, all, all these Josh Allen, all these hybrid, you know, quarterbacks. No matter what their size is, you played, you know, in college 15, 20 years ago. Do you consider yourself a modern football pioneer of the last couple of decades? Yeah, I think uh, football has definitely changed a lot. I think I caught it right at the end, uh, probably about my year seven. Around about that time is when the game really started to change from uh, from a really like traditional style NFL college football game. Uh, around about oh seven, they started to bring in a little bit of spray and stuff, and that's when they started to run a not run the full read option, but we would read the end and then pull it and throw the swing pass out to the back if the end crashed. Uh, different things like that. Now they're letting the quarterbacks just keep it and run with it. I wish they would have done that when I was playing because I was very athletic enough to utilize a lot of these offenses that they're running now. And it definitely would have worked well for me because of my arm strength. So, you know, I feel like, to me, I was just kind of before my time, before the NFL really adapted and uh, and everything. So, but, you know, I got a chance to play traditional systems. thing about it is I had to learn a whole bunch of new offenses. All in college, I had four different coordinators in the NFL. I had, like, I think seven out of six, six out of ten years, you know. So <laughs> I had always had to learn to adapt and change. And and for me, like watching what these guys do now, the game is so different. You know, back when I played, I had to make checks at the line of scrimmage. I had to, you know, put us in blitz pickups. I had to put, uh, you know, change the run game based off what the defense is doing. Where now they just call a play, and sometimes it's not even a play. They just hold up a number, and guys know what it is. They line up. And they're trying to go so fast where, okay, the quarterback, he's just reading the linebacker. If the linebacker blitzes, okay, you just pull the ball and throw the slant right behind it. Mm-hmm. If he stays, you hand the ball off to the running back. So they kind of have made the game kind of really, really simple, which helps a lot of guys that don't have a high IQ level between the ears as far as uh, you know, being able to adapt to a lot of different systems. It's helped them because you're able to just go out there and play. Regardless, if you were sitting at home two weeks ago, they can come in and plug you in the system now and two weeks, you can have it, and you can go ahead and play, play if someone got injured. Jason Campbell with us, Auburn football great, uh, spent some time in the NFL as well. Just a couple more quick ones for you, uh, uh, Jason. You know, when, when when you look at your NFL career in the timeline, how would you describe your NFL career? I think I had a really good career. Uh, I feel like I was robbed, though. 
for the most part. I feel like, you know, my years in Washington dealing with a bunch of chaos, uh, you know, from the time that, you know, we had some chances to, to make some noise, you know, we was dealing with, with chaos, you know, and, uh, you know, we ended up hiring Jim Zorn, who's a really good, really good coach, you know, quarterback coach at the time. He's coming over from Seattle, Coach Matt Hasselback, and they hired him as offense coordinator. And we haven't even hired a head coach yet, you know. And then, uh, so then after that, you know, that became, that kind of started it off. And then this thing, you know, they moved him from offense coordinator to head coach because they, a head coach wanted to bring his own guys in. And Snyder was like, no, we're not going to do that because we've already hired a guy. So then, you know, with it not being Zorn's first time as offense coordinator, now at the same time, not only he's the first time offense coordinator, now he's the first time head coach, <laughs> you know. So, and then, thing is they strip him of his play calling in the middle of a season and bring in a guy coach Sherman Lewis who had coached the NFL for a long time but had been home and retired for the last five years they went and brought him in off the couch and brought him in on Sunday and then Monday they told him he was going to call plays for the next, <laughs> the next week and I was just like what kind of junk are we doing like what, what is this you know what I'm saying so and, uh, and I had to talk with him and he said man this is the craziest I've ever seen a quarterback have to deal with in the NFL and people don't There's no doubt, and I think what you just did was, it was such a great description, Jason. I talk all the time on podcasts, Hall of Famers, current players, media people, etc., big-time football scouts, and you know, fans don't understand. Like, it's so easy to just say, well, they need an elite QB. Well, yeah, no kidding, but do you know what it takes to be an elite QB? Yes, it, it, you need to do your part. There's a 50-50 deal here. You need to work hard. You need to show up. You need to learn the playbook. You need to eat healthy. You need to do the right things. You need to stay in, you know, out of trouble. But the other 50%, Jason, is stuff that is just not in your control. The front office can be a total mess. They're making decisions behind your back. Look at the stuff that's going on in Houston right now with Deshaun Watson. I mean, there are so many things where a franchise doesn't, you know, they're not buttoned up, and that affects the quarterback and, and hinders that individual from being even greater than he could be. Right. Yeah, it does. It does a whole lot because, you know, it's just you got to deal with all the noise and stuff that you shouldn't have to deal with, you have to deal with. And then I'll say you guys have to control yourself and control your play all in one. And uh, and it's frustrating at times. But like I said, you know, to be able to play 10 years and, and walk away from the game, you know, after that standpoint, I probably could have played more years. I had the opportunity. I was offered contracts. Uh, but, you know, I had a bad knee, which I deal with now, mm-hmm. you know, kind of just kind of hindered me from wanting to just continue to to progress. 
uh, knowing that they're still life after football. But uh, you, you're right, though. Like, a lot of this stuff, man, like, a lot of these guys, see, back then, I wish I could have spoke up a lot more, but I couldn't because I didn't have the security that these guys have nowadays. Now these guys signed four years, $150 million contract, mm-hmm. you know, so you have a little bit more security to say what you want to say because from a financial standpoint, you're secure. But now you're trying to protect your future in the NFL as far as like what kind of quarterback you want to be and what you want to be known for. You're starting to speak up. So basketball, so the NFL guys are kind of taking on the attitude of the basketball players now where basketball players have these secure contracts so they can speak up more about things that people don't know or don't see and, and everything. And they don't have to take the blame for everything because the, the front office is getting a, is getting a pass. And that's the difference. Real quick, in the last couple minutes, give me give me a quick minute on Al Davis. You got you got to the Raiders, and then the year after you got there, he died. And I'm sure, yeah. you know, you've watched the Al Davis 30 for 30 on ESPN. Uh, I live 15 minutes from campus of Syracuse. You know, he went he went to SU. Is a part of the Foolish Club, one of the most important owners in this history of the NFL. Right. When did you meet him? How about just a minute or two on the interactions that you had with Al Davis right at the end? Yeah, Al Davis, man, by far, you know, one of the favorite guys I've met uh, in the NFL. Like, when I first got to the Raiders, I remember going to his office and, you know, he's like, Jason, you know, look on the wall. Wow. You see all these all these Raider greats. You see, but you, what's the main just thing? Just win, baby. There? Did he tell you just win, yeah, baby? Yeah, <laughs> he told me, he said, what's the main thing you see up there? Yeah. Just win, baby. That's all I care about, just okay. win. Whatever it takes to get there and whatever we got to do to win, that's what I want to get this franchise doing again. I want to start back winning. And I just remember hearing that. And I was just like, man, this is a legend. Like, you know, this is how David, this is the guy that kind of changed the format of the NFL. He was the guy that, you know, kind of pretty much had the first African-American quarterback in the, in the NFL. You know what I'm saying? So it was AFL, NFL. So, you know, like this guy's super legend. And in my first year, I remember he would call downstairs. And, uh, and this was a true story. He would call downstairs to the sideline and tell one of the coaches, he said, hey, I want the ball. I want a nine route thrown. And coach would be like, uh, Alex, cover two. I don't care. Throw the nine route. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> so we actually were playing someone, playing Seattle. And uh, so I told Hayward Bay, I said, Hayward, they're probably going to give us a cover two shell here. I said, I just want you to run as fast as you can. Once you get even with the safety, I'm lunching it. I said, he wants the ball to go down the field. We're going to take a shot. So he did it. And mm-hmm. Hayward Bay ended up out jumping the, the the DB got the ball, spent off of him, and went and scored a touchdown. I said, from here on out, we're not going to hit any of it. I said, you don't want the ball every time, no matter what coverage it is. I want the nine route. Man. So, you know, so that was, uh, you know, Al, I hate he passed my second year yeah. because he was renegotiating my deal, and he was an owner that I really believed in. He's a player's owner, and, uh, and he was really one of those guys. Wow. Final thing here, just take a moment to let my listeners know what you're doing now. I know you're extremely busy, but as a part of your busy schedule here, Jason Campbell, you've got a terrific podcast going on with the Believe Podcast Group, right? And you're doing some work, uh, Auburn right. Sports Radio and all the rest, right? Yeah, yeah. I work at Auburn Sports Radio uh, during the season. You catch me on the home games, uh, and, and I do that. And then I'm, uh, I also work for Believe, like I said, Believe in Everything Auburn Podcast which we cover all sports Auburn. Uh, so if you're an Auburn fan, subscribe for free, check us out. And, uh, you know, and also I'm about to start another podcast up in the D.C. area. It's called, uh, it's called, we haven't got the title of it yet, but it's coming out March 11th. So if you uh, follow me on Instagram at jcampbell17, uh, you'll get a chance to hear about that coming out soon as well. So, you know, I also do work with NBC Washington this past year. 
uh, for the Washington football team. So, uh, you know, I got a couple of things brewing in TV and radio business, so I kind of enjoy and uh, just trying to keep soaring. This is awesome. I, it was, I, I loved watching you play in college and was rooting for you in the NFL quite a bit as well. I, I thought you did get a raw deal bouncing around all over the place with those just horrendous situations. But, hey, look, you made the most of it. You had an unbelievable career at Auburn, obviously, uh, with the undefeated season, uh, the 87-yard pass, uh, the uh, Sugar Bowl MVP. You won a Bowl MVP in the Music City as well. Uh, and you were SEC Offensive Player of the Year. It's Auburn football great in the NFL uh, Washington, the Raiders, Bears, Browns, Bengals, Jason Campbell, and make sure you follow on Twitter at JCAM underscore 17. That 2004 13-0 perfect season was uh, terrific stuff, playing at one of the great schools in college football history. Auburn football great Jason Campbell. Jason, thank you so much, man. Continued success your way, okay? Thank you, Mike. Appreciate it. Same to you. I'm going to get into J.J. Watt to Arizona, what it means for other teams, for Watt, etc. All of that coming up next on the ML Sports Platter. ML Sports Platter, back with you. Spotify, Google, Apple, Stitcher, Deezer, anywhere else you get your podcasts on your smartphone device. Just find that little podcast icon, depending on what smartphone you have. For example, if you have an Apple, you find a purple podcast button, you tap it, hit search, type in ML Sports Platter. And uh, hit subscribe, leave feedback, and a five-star review. This podcast, of course, part of the Brawl Network and brought to you by Empower Federal Credit Union, Bryant and Stratton College, and Stanley Law Offices. So, J.J. Watt is an Arizona Cardinal. And, and first of all, I will tell you, this came out of nowhere for me. And I know that I'm not, you know, breaking news. I know that a lot of people have talked about J.J. Watt. You know, already I know it's been like a week, two week, more than two week storyline because he is probably still, I mean, I know the injuries happen and all that, but he's a first ballot Hall of Famer. He's been in a ton of commercials. I know Aaron Donald's the best defensive player in the game right now. You could argue a few others. J.J. Watson, not, not the same player, you know, who's won three defensive player of the year awards, which by the way is something else that Aaron Donald, you know, Aaron Donald can also say he's done that now after 2020. But J.J. Watt's kind of like been the defensive face of the NFL. It's hard for a defensive player to be, um, you know, a, a face of the league like a Brady, a Peyton Manning, a Drew Brees, Aaron Rodgers, etc. because it's so quarterback-centric. But J.J. Watt is pretty much the defensive face of the league, and I think has been. And he's been super recognizable. He's super respected because of all the charity work and all that that he's done in Texas. Um, you know, with all the injuries and all that, he thinks he has a lot left in the tank. But most people thought, in addition to myself, that he was going to go to more of a contender. I'm not saying Arizona stinks, but they're not Green Bay. They're not the Bucks. They're not from even though Arizona beat the Bills on that wild you know, Hale Murray, which, how did that turn out for both teams? The Bills ended up in the Final Four in Arizona, literally crapped the bed the rest of the way. Uh, you know, the the Cardinals right now, at least on paper going into 2021, as far as who's more Super Bowl ready, um, and I don't know if the Bills will get back to the AFC Championship game. I know that fans think that it's an automatic, you know, here's the next step. you got to get to the Super Bowl now, but that's not how the NFL works. But right now... You know, before we get deep into who goes where, NFL draft, who stays, who goes with all teams in the NFL, with the cap, injuries, 
Uh, what's the preseason going to look like due to what we hope to be the end of the coronavirus, or, or at least a, a full containment of it? Um, you know, at least with all those things in, in play, the Bills still look to me more of a favorite than the Cardinals. And so it, it was kind of odd. I mean, you know, Pittsburgh I don't think was in play just because, I, you know, I don't, I know that it would have been cool to play with, you know, his brothers and all that, but I think the pressure, getting the questions every day about it, um, they're not in the upper echelon of the league anyway. You know, Arizona isn't a lot of the teams I just mentioned in terms of being a contender, but 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 they're better than Pittsburgh. <laughs> you know, they have a young dynamic quarterback. They got DeAndre Hopkins. JJ Watt, though, going to Arizona really did surprise me. It seemed like he took lifestyle and money over winning, which I didn't think was the case for J.J. Watt. I thought J.J. Watt, after the injuries and all the other things, you know, the, the, the brutal end in Houston, all the things that have taken place with him the last, you know, few years, I would have thought that he would say, look, man, I, I, I don't I don't know how long I've got. You know, he's turning 32 years old at the end of March. Um, that's not old, but he's had a lot of injuries. And he says there's still plenty of gas left in the tank. He was talking with Adam Schefter on the Adam Schefter podcast about that. I, I listened to the whole interview. It was a very good interview. Um, you know, Watt talked about his decision. He talked about the excitement. He talked about the recruiting pitch. Um, but the reality is, when you get $23 million guaranteed and 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 you're nowhere near the old player you used to be, even though you're a three-time MVP, uh, three-time defensive player of the year, even though you're a first ballot Hall of Famer, uh, even though you've been the defensive face of football for a number of years, even though... You're one of the most respected people in the game and charitable people. Um, even though you've done all those things, you know the injuries are the injuries. And the NFL can close your book real fast. They can shut the window real fast. That's the reason why contracts are not guaranteed. Okay, Fernando Tatis breaks his leg and never plays baseball. He's still going to get $340 million. That ain't happening with a lot of the players in the National Football League. For J.J. Watt... He could get injured and his career could be over. He's still getting $23 million guaranteed. There were just a lot of things that surprised me about this. Clearly, J.J. Watt went for the money. I wish at some point guys would just go right up on the microphone and just say, hey, look, you know, it's cool to be reunited with DeAndre Hopkins. It's cool to be reunited with Vance Joseph. Uh, who was the Texans defensive backs coach during Watt's first three years in the NFL. A lot of people point uh, you know, towards that as a connection as well. Vance Joseph, now the Cardinals defensive coordinator, but like he worked with defensive backs. So like, yeah, he knew J.J. Watt. They were on the same team, coach and player, but it wasn't like he was a defensive line coach. You know, He was specific to J.J. Watt's group. He was working with D-backs, uh, and Watt is, is, a, is a pass rusher. Um it's easy, you know, it, it, you could say all those different things. Oh, they're a contender, and I love you know, Kyle Murray, and I'm very excited about Kingsbury. And, you know, I just wish sometimes these guys would go on the microphone and say, listen, those are all things that I, you know, considered with this. But they gave me $31 million over two years, and $23 million of that is guaranteed. And 
I'm loving my golf game right now, which he is, and I like weather. <laughs> you know, just say it. I mean, does anybody get mad if, if an athlete tells the truth? Well, somebody's always going to get mad. So what does it matter? I just would love one time for one of these guys to be like, oh, hey, you know what? Sure. Murray, Hopkins, Vance Joseph. <clears throat> Excitement. On and on it goes. But the end game was that they offered me the biggest contract. They offered me $23 million guaranteed. They committed to me with all that money. They believe that I have a lot of gas left in the tank, which I believe I do. But I really love money, lifestyle, and, uh, you know, inside the lifestyle is the weather, you know? Because I got to tell you, he's going to the toughest division in football. Now, we'll see if Russell Wilson stays in Seattle, but it's the toughest division in football. I don't think anybody would argue that at all. You know, I think the 49ers are going to come right back and be a contender in 2021. I think the Rams are going to be really, really good, and they added Matt Stafford. You also have, you know, the likes of, in that division, monster offensive players, monster defensive players. You have Aaron Donald in the division. You know, you've got a stout defensive line in San Francisco. You know, all these teams are really, 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 really good. Seattle, San Fran, the Rams. You may have, depending on if Russell Wilson stays in Seattle, you may have three Super Bowl contenders in your division if you're J.J. Watt and the Cardinals. He has to go chase around a Sean McVay offense. He has to go chase around the 49ers' Kyle Shanahan offense. He has to go chase around Russell Wilson in the division if he stays in the division. So he went to the toughest division. I mean, there's no way that that being a contender played into this decision. There's just not. Because... J.J. Watt's a very, very smart guy, okay? He's really, really smart. He's a great dude, and he's really, really smart. So, I got to believe he's smart enough for <laughs> a comment that says, yeah, I love weather, I love money, and I got $23 million guaranteed, man. Nobody's going to give me that. Brandon Bean of the Bills didn't come close to that, I'm sure. And, you know, as a Bills fan, I'm glad they didn't get him, you know, because I don't want to spend $31 million on him and having to cut four or five extra guys and $23 million guaranteed and messing even more with the cap. And as we record this, don't even know really what the exact number of the cap is. So this was a, this was a lifestyle money decision. He won't tell us that, but it was. It, it, it just, you know, he's a really smart guy, J.J. Watt. I wish him well. I'm glad he didn't go to the Browns or somewhere in the AFC, so the Bills have to deal with him, again, as a Bills fan. Um, but Brandon Bean did what he does as GM of the Bills. You know, he offered him what he had, and if you don't like it, that's okay, but I ain't moving off of this. You know, where Arizona probably upped the ante a little bit, $31 million and ba-boom, <laughs> $23 million guaranteed, and off you go to Arizona. What does it mean for all the other teams? Well, I think the Bills will still try to kind of 
figure out the money on the defensive line. They need Ed Oliver to take a big step. I think they're going to go and grab an edge rusher in the draft somewhere. I don't know if it's in the first round. They may try to make a play for free agency, but they need an edge rusher. They need a corner, uh, you know, opposite Trey White. They need, uh, I think they're going to just evaluate. I don't know if they're going to go for someone in the draft, but they need to evaluate the tight end position, evaluate the running backs. Does that mean going and getting a Kyle Rudolph, who was released by Minnesota recently? Um, you know, as far as like Green Bay go, uh, Pittsburgh's defense is still really, really good. I mean, Pittsburgh's going into 2021 with a top, you know, top five defense. TJ Watt, you know, leading the way, JJ's brother. Uh, you've got the situation in Green Bay where they're probably going to add a piece or two on D no matter what. Um, and I just look at all the other teams that were in play. And it really just isn't a big deal that they didn't get J.J. Watt. Now, if J.J. Watt turns into the defensive player of the year, J.J. Watt, it will be a huge deal because he could have been perhaps a difference maker. And again, we're a long way away from the end of next season. But you think about the Bills against the Kansas City Chiefs in the AFC Championship game. Think about him in the regular season, couldn't stop the run. Not a lot of people could stop anything Kansas City this year and last year. But the edge rush part of it, Making plays, tackling, stopping plays at the line of scrimmage, getting in the backfield, sacking the quarterback, wreaking havoc. Uh, a guy you have to game plan around. A guy who terrifies you. The Bills don't have anybody who terrifies you. I don't think Green Bay does either. Um, so if J.J. Watt turns into that defensive player again, then everybody's going to come out and say, well, see, J.J. Watt was worth the money, and J.J. Watt proved people wrong, but, but we don't know that right now. What we know right now is J.J. Watt is a shell of his old self. He's still young at 32, but his body's a little bit old because of the injuries. He still thinks he has some gas left in the tank. I don't doubt that at all, but he has to prove he can stay on the field. That's that simple. And frankly, if he gets hurt again, he's got $23 million guaranteed. <laughs> so that's where the decision was made. It was financial, and it was, hello, a lifestyle move for J.J. Watt. So he goes off to Arizona. We'll see how teams proceed in terms of defense, free agency, you know, signings, the cap, the draft, and all the like. You know, the Steelers, the Bills, and on down the line. Green Bay, Tampa, I don't think really was in, in, in on J.J. Uh, uh, Watt. Uh, they probably want to try and keep most of that core together. Uh, Shaquille Barrett and company, uh, you know, rework some money here and there. They got a nice young nucleus of corners, safeties, and linebackers. So I don't think it's a big deal for a lot of these teams to not get J.J. Watt unless J.J. Watt turns into the old J.J. Watt. The ML Sports Bladder here all over the major platforms. Download, subscribe, leave feedback, and a five-star review. We are brought to you by Rosie's Corner. If you are in and around Central New York, get on over to Rosie's Corner. Pizza, pasta, wings, hot and cold subs, and more. And be on the lookout for their Fish Friday and Chicken and Biscuit Wednesday. Those are themed food days at Rosie's Corner. A big tip of the cap. Thank you as well to Bryant and Stratton College, Liverpool Physical Therapy, Stanley Law Offices, and our good buddies over at CNY Electrical. If you are in the greater New York State, go ahead and log on to cnyelectrical.com. They can help you out with all of your electrical needs, commercial and residential. Go see Sean and the team there. They do an outstanding job. The website, once again, is cnyelectrical.com. That's CNY electrical.com hit me on twitter at mike l sports the ml sports platter part of the brawl network at network brawl on twitter and be on the lookout for my one minute ml sports takes and nine minute video segments all over facebook igtv twitter youtube and tiktok as i always tell you enjoy the games
snow falls on an old apartment. Inside, the holiday season is in swing. On the first floor, cokes are poured and stories shared among friends. Three flights up, one generation passes down the family recipe to the next. Inside every home, there's magic. Coca-Cola. Real magic. Enjoy the real magic of the season with close friends, family, and refreshing Coca-Cola paired with all your holiday meals. We travel to see what's around the bend and what we're capable of. And now Capital One's new class of travel card can keep up with you. Introducing Venture X from Capital One. With 10x miles on hotels and rental cars and 5x miles on flights booked through Capital One Travel and 2x miles on everything else you buy. Venture X, for those always asking, where next? Capital One, what's in your wallet? Terms apply. See CapitalOne.com for details. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.